Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. ground at the foot of the cross is so level that some are going to be lifted up to be able to stand there. And some have to be brought down to be able to be there. None of us can boast. What are we going to boast of? Because it's God. It's God that does these works within our lives. It's God that allows us to be where we're at. Again, when we're that, when we have that attitude, we fail to recognize the greatness of, of, of our deep need and the greatness of our sinfulness. Today, we explore the powerful, practical love of God as Pastor David explores the description of love in 1 Corinthians 13. It is the love of God that undergirds all that we do. And though we may fail, God will not. Everything we have can be attributed to God's choice to create you and I. And any ability we have is because God designed us with His wisdom. At the cross, the incredible, eternally reaching love of God is equally made available to all people. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, Agape. Sometimes, and my wife and I were talking about this on, on the way, it, it just amazes me. It breaks my heart to see some folks and all that they're going through. And you think, wow. And granted, some it's because of choices that they've made, but others, it's just like, that's no choice. That's just what they're going through. Lord, bless them. Keep them by your hand. Teach them to trust in you in every situation, that they might see you, that you might get the glory in their lives. Moving on, Paul tells us that a Christ follower should never be a time where we parade ourselves around or that we're boastful of our own accomplishments. Remember, Paul gives us a whole listing of all the things that, that he's done. Man, I was, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees among my peers, man. I was, all, I was above them all, man. I, I, was, I was the deal. He says, but you know what? I count it all as manure for the glory of Christ. You see, that's not boasting. He's just saying, that's where I was, but it's nothing, and I don't care about anything. I want Christ to be utmost in my life. It carries with it that idea of meaning of, of not exalting ourselves over others as if our accomplishments were based upon our own merit or our own ability. Because if the accomplishments that we have are on our own ability and on our own merit, beloved, that's the greatness of the reward. That's it, man. And that can be taken away in a moment, in a heartbeat. 
the negativeness of that kind of a thing is basically declaring, we don't, we don't need anyone else. You see, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've got myself here, and man, it's because of my wisdom that we got this taken care of. It's because of my leadership we did, we did that, and on and on and on, and man boasts about so many things. And in essence, what we're saying is, God, I don't need you, and I don't need any of you either because I've done it all on my own. I'm a self-made man. And you know what? That ought to be so foreign to a believer's vocabulary. So foreign. We need to understand, no, outside of the grace of God, every one of us would still be in a dung pile someplace. If we think that we're better than anyone else because of our position, because of our finances, because of anything... Beloved, we've got a second thing coming, okay? Because again, the, the, the ground at the foot of the cross is so level, so level. As a matter of fact, the ground at the foot of the cross is so level that some are going to be lifted up to be able to stand there. And some have to be brought down to be able to be there. None of us can boast. What are we going to boast of? Because it's God It's God that does these works within our lives. It's God that allows us to be where we're at. Again, when we're that, when we have that attitude, we fail to recognize the greatness of of, of our deep need and the greatness of our sinfulness. The next one, real quick. Along with that, the servant of the Lord is not puffed up. He's not proud. The word here with the connotation of puffing up, (laughs) it's, it's... it's inflating. It's like blowing up. It's not like a balloon, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, let me tell you about what I did. You know, we're, we're puffing ourselves up to, again, show ourselves greater than someone else. All of this in regards to our own estimation of our own selves. Pride takes many forms. Pride takes many forms. But what's interesting to see is a humble proud man. A humble, proud man. Think about it for a moment. He, his comments are nearly always about himself, even though he speaks about how humble he is. If you give him long enough, he'll explain to you all about his accomplishments. But above all, his humility is his greatest virtue. Yeah, we've got those within the church. We got believers that, again, okay, I'm supposed, to be, I'm supposed to be humble. I'm supposed to be humble. But let me share with you what I've done. Uh, but, you know, I just want to be humble. It really, you, you, we're, we're trying, to, trying to be something when we shouldn't be something, and we're trying to cover it up by letting people know how humble we are. As a matter of fact, I've, I've got a T-shirt at home. I'm so humble. You know, no, I don't really. But uh, <laughs> I should have got the award, I know. But uh, no. The next one, let's move right on. Love does not behave rudely, rudely. Ill-mannered, dishonoring of others by our own actions, our own words. The King James Version translates it as, uh, love does not behave indecently. There's a lot of indecency in the world. The church ought to be those that Again, we live our lives in a decent manner. 
A lot of people believe that that word there also behaving rudely or behaving indecently, they believe that it carries with it uh, sexual connotations, primarily dealing with improper sexual overtones of our words and actions as we relate to others within the Christian community. And don't be deceived, don't, don't be fooled, don't be naive. Man, there's a lot within the church that have that kind of a mindset, both male and female. And again, the the care that we need to take and the eyes that we need to have for those with that kind of mentality that, that literally lurk within fellowships. He goes on to say that love does not seek its own, doesn't seek after her own things. It's not focused on his own needs over others. And all too often, we, we respond or we act according to this world's standards, where, and, and not the standards, not the example that's set for us by Christ. We need to be looking and, and understanding that, no, we need to be emptied just like Christ himself. He emptied himself. He took upon himself the form of a slave, Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2. And that's the way that we ought to live, not seeking our own but seeking the blessings of another. In other words, again, even as Jesus was telling the disciples, man, just as I've washed your feet, you ought to be washing the feet of of the others. What does that mean? What's the whole concept there? Well, uh, the disciples had dirty feet, and so they needed them to be clean, so it's a lot easier for somebody else to clean your feet than you to clean. No, it's all about humility. It's all about esteeming someone else greater than yourself. Okay, I can think of three or four people I'll esteem greater than me but not the rest of them. Really? That's not the attitude of Christ. Christ emptied himself for all of us. And he washed the feet of all the disciples. And do you understand? He also washed the feet of Judas. So whose feet wouldn't you wash? Who would you not esteem higher than yourself? If Jesus washed the feet of Judas, knowing who he was and what he was doing, then again, all of this deals with this brokenness before God in order that God might live through us and agape love to the world that's around us, particularly to the household of faith. Quickly, love is not provoked. Have you ever been in a situation or have you seen a picture of an old dog laying down? You know, this old dog, is a big old dog. And they, they bought a new kitten for whatever reason. They bought a cat. Uh, but they, they, they've got a kitten and this kitten comes along and he starts gnawing on the old dog's ears and uh, he starts, you know, pawing at the dog's nose and he goes around and starts pulling on the dog's tail and that old dog just kind of lays there and just takes it. You know that at any moment that dog could go around and just with one bite take the kitten. It'd be a little stuck in his throat maybe, but he could take care of the kitten. But just that patience, it's not easily provoked. That's the kind of idea. That that dog would have had all the power necessary to destroy the life of that little one, but he was not easily provoked. Maybe our prayer needs to be, Lord, help me to be an old dog. I'm going to just live my life as an old dog. And when things start coming at me, that's all right. That's all right. I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let that mess me up. I'm not, going to let that, I'm not going to let the circumstances or the actions of others direct my life. I want the Spirit of God to direct my life. Love thinks no evil. And in some versions, it says it keeps no record. 
That's the very same thing, the very idea. How many times in the last week or even in the last month has someone let you down? How many times has someone turned against you or said something that, that offended you? Let me ask you, are you still counting? Are you able to lay those things down? Maybe you're trying to see if they'll reach that 70 times 7, that's 490th wrong, and then I can get them. I'm, I'm just counting them down. No. Love doesn't keep record of a wrong. That's wonderful in, in marriage counseling. Love keeps no record of wrong because usually big fights within a marriage. Well, you know, six months he did that, or so he's always done this, or there she's continually doing it. No, love keeps no record of wrong. Well, you know what? It works in a marriage to understand that, but it works also great for brothers and sisters in Christ. And the only way that I can do that is when I put myself in the right position. If I, if I esteem myself too high, then you know what? I'm going to count the wrongs that come against me. But if I humble myself, then I can get to that point. I'm not counting that wrong. I'm going to love that brother. I'm going to love that sister. And let God take care of it. And like I said before, God takes care of vengeance a whole lot better than you and I do. And so if they keep coming back and keep coming, why do you think Jesus says or asks the question to the disciples? How often do you forgive one another? Because we're going to fail one another. Again, Peter came up with that great biblical, you know, spiritual number, seven times. And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. And again, that's not to get your calculator out. That's with the understanding of no, you just forgive. You just forgive. Don't keep record of a wrong. Don't keep score. He goes on, love does not rejoice in iniquity. This deals with how you respond when somebody else fails, when somebody else is going through a hard place. Iniquity, man, yeah, I knew they would never make it. Yeah, I, I saw their life. I saw the way that they, no, you don't rejoice. You, you weep in the fact that a brother or a sister fell in, in their journey in Christ. You weep into the fact, and the word says that you who are spiritual, go to that one who's fallen and encourage them. Man, literally, it says, snatch them out of the very flames of hell. Man, they might be saved so as by fire. They, they might have the smell of smoke on them as they get into heaven. But the fact is, is when you and I see a brother or a sister fall, especially that one, you, you know that one, that one that said so many things against you, that one that did so much wrong against you, and then finally they fall. said, I knew they wouldn't make it. I knew that's the way that they were. No, that's when you really show the heart and the mind of Christ by humbling yourself and going lifting that brother or that sister up and being an encouragement to that one. Don't rejoice in iniquity. You gotta rejoice in the truth. This one, again, it's one of those positive attributes, uh, that, that fruit of agape love that's just pouring out. Man, we rejoice in the truth. It's the opposite of rejoicing in iniquity. We are to be those that rejoice in the midst of truth. We rejoice in the midst of true justice. 
We rejoice in the fact that, man, God is on his throne. He's working and he's moving. We rejoice in the fact that we can continue to speak and to proclaim the truth of God. Yes, even here in this nation for the current time, we can still do that. And we need to rejoice in that fact. He goes on to say, love bears all things. It's kind of difficult. The New Revised Standard Version has bears all things. My New King James is bears all things. Moffat translation is slow to expose. Barrett says that he supports all things. Another one says he covers with silence all things. The Word of God says love covers a multitude of sins. And of course, that's done with discretion with understanding of what, what's going on, what the particular sin is. But again, it's the willingness to bear with one another. And, and the word elsewhere speaks about, man, we need to bear with the weaknesses of one another. That's, and again, the only way that we can really fully do that is through the agape love that God works through us. He believes all things. I don't believe that, brother. He's lied to me before he'll lie to me again. I don't believe that report that they gave about that person. I I think I know him better than they do. Well, now, again, with wisdom and discernment, you've got to put that within this. But one of the things, I think it's way too easy to not believe that somebody has changed, to not believe good about somebody that's done bad to you. When it says believes all things, I think that they can make it. I think that they're going to be able to stand. I think that if we come and we surround them and encourage them, that God can use them. They may have failed before, but why don't we come around them and encourage them? And man, some that are spiritual, come and help direct that brother or that sister. Come and be mentors to them. Let's believe God for this situation in that man's life or in that woman's life in order that God would get the glory. Love believes all things that, yeah, even man and women can be redeemed, and they can be restored. The most wretched of wretches can be restored. Amen? Glad some of you believe that. But really, all of us ought to believe that. The worst case, the worst case, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from most of their unrighteousness, right? No. No from all unrighteousness. Can you believe that God can take someone with such a reprobate mind, with, with actions and attitudes that, that have been so deplorable in the past, can you believe that he can change them around and make them a usable vessel for his kingdom? I do. Hey, I've seen myself. <laughs> and I've seen others. The Bible, I mean, think of the Apostle Paul. He was a murderer of Christians. And the church didn't believe him. Maybe that's why he put that here in 1 Corinthians. Yeah, they didn't believe me at first when I, when I got born again. They didn't believe me at first. But you know what? Love believes all things when we, we see it. And as I said, with discretion, with understanding. You don't open yourself up to abuses, but at the same time, man, you've got to be willing to see that God is able to work miraculously still. Love hopes all things. That goes right along with that idea. It means it never loses faith. Love seeks to find that uh, uh, favorable interpretation of what's going on. 
Augustine says that love believes the best. And another writer says that love is not unduly suspicious. <laughs> Sometimes you can go around and you, you just got a suspicious attitude and a mindset against people. You've got to be careful about that. You've got to be so careful about that because you can shut yourself off from seeing God work in people's lives and you can shut yourself off from relationships in such a powerful way. No, love hopes all things and love also endures a whole lot. Is that what it says? No, it says all things. I can't do that. I don't know about you, but I can't do that. I, I can endure for a while and I can endure for a while, but after a while, I get really tired of enduring when I'm walking in the flesh. And it's only when I allow the Spirit of God to strengthen me that I can endure all things. Man, words that have been spoken against, actions that have been taken against. You, you don't pastor a church for 25 years without some stuff coming against you, Okay. And it's amazing how God, through his grace and his mercy, a multitude of things. Uh, We won't go into the time. You don't have the time tonight. But let me close with this. Love never fails. Love never fails. How often will love fail? Love never fails. Never fails. My love is going to fail. His love never fails. Our God is long-suffering and merciful. And it's that kind of love that works in and through us that allows us to be able to even begin to attempt to live the things that 1 Corinthians 13 speaks about. When we begin seeing God work in our life in that way, when somebody comes against us and suddenly, man, we used to take real offense, but you know what? Now I've come to that point. You know what? Hey, bless you, man. I don't know what your deal is, but bless you. I don't know why you're angry. I don't know what's going on, but I'm I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm going to lay that down because I'm not going to carry. Let me put it this way to you. I think we can still record this. I'm not going to carry your garbage for you, okay? None of us should carry anyone else's garbage. Lay it down at the foot of the cross and then allow your life to be free from that because the love of God is flowing through you. Yeah, even to that individual, even to that situation. The worst thing that you and I could do is to keep a record of wrongs. The worst thing that you and I can do is not be patient and long-suffering. The worst thing that you and I can do is not endure. Why? Because suddenly it impacts our lives more than it impacts anybody else. It'll impact our lives because, again, we're not walking in forgiveness, we're not walking in freedom, and we're definitely not walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God within our lives. The only way that you and I can walk completely in the fullness of the Spirit of God in our lives, in that vertical relationship, is is that when we live our lives in a horizontal relationship to one another in the correct way, and God will honor that 
His word declares it. I promise it to you tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Amen. The book of 1 Corinthians is probably best known for its passage on love in chapter 13. You've probably heard these verses spoken at weddings, but these words on the character of love can also be applied to our relationship with God. God loved us so much that He gave His Son to stand in our place of judgment. Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life and then took every sin of every human being upon Himself, dying so that we didn't have to. That incredible love is available to you right now. If you want to know more about Jesus and the life of forgiveness and love He has waiting for you, please call us at 520-836-9676. You can also send us an email by visiting our website at theopenword.com. As a next step, we encourage you to find a solid Bible-based church to help you grow in your walk with God. With a special invitation regarding that, here's Pastor David. Hey, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith and given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area and are looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Creator and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. We are so glad you joined us today here on The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 1 Corinthians right here on The Open Word.